toast focusing uh, at the Wedgwood Rooms at the second date of your, your second tour? date of the UK tour yeah, yeah. fresh how was the, yeah I see I normally ask how the tour's going but I suppose how was last night uh, yeah you can ask how it's going <laughs> there's still a lot go. still a lot to say yeah. even that's two days in um, last night was epic yeah club club for buck uh, it's a mouthful. Uh, oh. well, I think it's Welsh club. It means oh. in Welsh, um, <laughs> in in Cardiff. Um, lovely venue. Not a million miles away from uh, sort of spiritually than the Wedgwood Rooms, kind of long-standing, um, well loved venue that's kind of you know been going for a long time and uh, just does does a good job. Um, cool. Lovely place to play. Yeah, so it's a great start. It's got we got this weird thing where it's like. There's, uh, it's just like oh that that'll be going on in the background I can go and ask him to uh, that'll, be that'll probably be it sorry listeners sorry dear <laughs> listeners sound, we thought sound check was over um, what was I saying come, come. just about a bit in the last it's obviously yeah. independent venue week as well which, do, you, do you want me to just go and tell him it'll be fine otherwise he'll be going ooh ah oh, ah oh, oh, for the <laughs> <laughs> for back in Cardiff um, yes it was uh, everywhere we go there's been this kind of like clickbait um, fear mongering snowstorm that we haven't seen anything about like <laughs> yeah. the day before we left London it was like uh, you know, everyone kept saying oh what about the weather, what about the weather? I looked online and it was like 10 centimetres of snow are going <laughs> to fall overnight like chaos like travel chaos no one's getting anywhere and people were coming like Matt was coming up from Brighton was leaving from like leaving from London the next day and so I was just spent all night thinking fucking our first day and we're going to be snowed in nothing not even like I barely cold got to Cardiff everyone's like it's fucking going to be chaos no one's going you'll never get to Portsmouth You're nothing yeah, yeah got here today as well and they just got in everyone's like it's chaos in Cardiff so I don't know whether we're well, I, I mean it's because I, I keep saying this but it's a bit like boy who cried wolf so yeah. I mean, have you looked outside and is it snow yeah <laughs> it's proper snow, snow. Yeah. is it the yeah. chaos has begun yeah. Yeah. so you might not go. get out of Portsmouth uh, we've only got to get where have we got to get tomorrow Kent I'm sure it's going west isn't it yeah, we're we'll going east yeah. it'll be fine oh good it's never yeah. that bad cool I was just we were waiting outside and I think the last time I saw you was in Berlin oh, okay just to, yeah recently when was it um, last year or the year before 2017 no yeah, what venue at the Yeah, I can't remember I wouldn't remember if you asked me the day afterwards, to be honest. <laughs> it is. But, yeah. What did the venue look like? It was up, a it run was upstairs. Windows, upstairs, yeah, yeah. a run of windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think that was yeah. the last time I saw you. Yeah, that was like my first sort of like um, decent headline show in Berlin. It's like, uh, it was quite new for me out in Germany. And uh, yeah. I love it out there. Yeah, you wrote it. a song about it, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. I remember. Nice. Are you going back or is it just UK this time? Uh, no, I mean, it's this UK tours with the band and then it goes out to, um, and then I go out solo around mainland Europe. I'm actually in Europe, in and out of different countries on the Brexit day. Oh, nice. Not that everybody really knows when it is, but um, so travelling on the, is it the 29th or like that? Travelling between Poland and Germany and then Germany and Austria. So, cool, right? 
Yeah, I mean, but it, to be honest, it was weird, quite a weird time with me and the whole Brexit issue and my sort of like love for um, for, for mainland Europe. And that's because uh, the first time I went out there was the day of Article Fifty, like, and it was, and I thought that everybody, out, I thought it was all we were going to talk about, you know, an Englishman yeah. traveling around Germany yeah. with all this shit going, and they couldn't give a shit. Like we talked about it every night because I brought it up <laughs> yeah, every yeah. night. But if I didn't bring it up, it wouldn't have even no, no. would have batted an eyelid. And generally, people were like, oh yeah, that. Why, why, that's a silly move, isn't it? <laughs> I, was like, but I was like, of course they're not going to care, not worry about it, or you know, if yeah. someone's acting like a tool. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm mm. half tempted to make a documentary about it this time. Yeah. Um, certainly, film it and see. You know, how it's yeah. you know it's on the front like, line. Yeah, a little bit. Like, but I'm sure. You know, I'm sure our borders will still be. I've never driving between Germany and Poland. I'm sure it'll be yeah. absolutely nothing. Be fine once you're in there. Yeah, and then but I'm what? They're not going to let me back in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, God knows. But yeah. I kind of had a little bit of a different experience when I was abroad a couple of years ago. The Brexit vote just happened. Okay. And I was coming up to me like, you're fucked. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was just it. Or is that, or if I was with American people, it was Donald Trump. Because they kind of happened quite in a similar... Yeah, yeah. And it was almost like, you're fucked as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're all fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. Nice. So, what year did we give you? The year um, 2000. Were you happy with that? Is that good? I was. I, I, yeah. I only want to start thinking about. It. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I would have taken any year. But when you said year two thousand, on the hope that it would inspire kind of like thoughts and stories, I was like, bloody hell! Like, yeah, it really, it really, really did. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and especially once then when I looked at records that had come out that year, and I was yeah. like, all oh, right, okay. And I sort of yeah pictured you know where I was. I mean, it's impossible uh, to talk about a year two thousand for me without being able to talk about the turn of the century mm -hmm. because if um, the minute that I sort of started sort of going to parties or sort of having a good time in my sort of early teens you know I kind of clocked that in the turn of the century on the New Year's Eve to 99 to 2000 I was going to be 19 years old which as a 13 year old I really I thought it'd probably be better you know yeah. just to be able to be in a pub or you know like yeah. just would have been, and it was like this whole thing was like, I'm literally going to be in a sort of prime of my life at such a, a big time yeah. and and I actually think the kind of hype around the turn of the century probably did more damage than good for New Year's Eve because it turned no one really it was like this huge again this hype almost like an anxiety around it how do you live up to this kind of yeah New Year's Eve was always I think mean, New Year's Eve used to never used to be as big as it was around this kind of like wow but it was um, you know a very important day and kind of musically so thinking of, I thought about that and musically for me as you can see from the um, the choices that I picked the kind of musical choices at the time I was listening to the kind of the more sort of a weirder side of indie music I guess but on New Year's Eve I was at a techno rave in Luton okay. uh, and because the other thing about looking back to year 2000 is trying to picture almost how things worked because it was I'm, I'm sure the internet existed but it wasn't what it you know it wasn't yeah, it's not a problem. yeah yeah and, and uh, so it's like looking back and it was one thing that was so much different was it was, it was very much sort of classed differently by how what music you liked so I was very much, you know, I played in the grunge band and I was like, you know, I was, I liked guitar music and grunge music. And uh, 
lot of kids from college like drum and bass and techno I was never I was like well, but I like smoking weed and so did they so we used to, used to yeah that was that really was a common ground a couple of mates that used to be just sitting like the college car park smoking weed and they'd always be like playing drum and bass and, and before you know when I was 19, 18, 19 I was just like I just don't get it just all they'd be like this is techno this is drum and bass but it's all fucking the same but you know like weren't into it at all but they was always like you've got to come to a rave Jay like you don't get it until you come to a rave and I was like I'm not interested I go to gigs I like guitar music you know like a different thing and, and it was one night I was just walking back home from a pub I grew up in a place called Braintree in Essex and uh, I used to live just outside so I was walking home and all the kind of ravers used to do like the raves that happened in Luton and they used to convoy up there in like four or five cars and all the kids from Braintree would go and I was just walking home one of these convoys drove past and my mate just pulled up and was like get in we're fucking going to Exodus get in and I was like Right, you know, I had a couple of beers. I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll get in. And uh, yeah, I changed my mind about dance music that night. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah, I mean, went there. I mean, I won't say exactly what we We got fucking hammered, basically, like a tripping balls mm-hmm. half hour after being there. But like, and then understood the music. It was in like an old quarry wow. and uh, dusty quarry. And it was like, you know, it's we got there about two in the morning and it went on till like seven or eight the next day and it was like <laughs> non-stop the whole time yeah. and I was like yeah I fucking <laughs> get it and, uh, and and from that day I never looked I always presumed that if I don't like a music initially maybe I don't understand it yeah. you know not that it's good or bad or no, yeah. and I definitely straddled that sort of like dance music and guitar music divide which I don't think exists half as much anymore because of how people consume music everybody listens to everything all the time or whatever so it's not like you feel by listening to one you can't listen to others but it very much was so back then so I spent New Year's Eve after that I went to a couple of raves and it was like how are you going to do New Year's Eve and it was like in Luton you know like, but I hope it's not outside but like so they, and it was just like in a kind of warehouse in Luton listening to banging techno um was my sort of intro to, to the year 2000. Um, I tried to, I did a little bit of research to try and even find who used to DJ these yeah. Exodus parties so I could sort of send them to you. I couldn't really get to the bottom of it. No, I'll yeah. carry on. Uh, were they like every weekend? No, I mean, they could well have been. They, was, they were quite big events. Yeah. And like, you know, and if we was, if you think it was a good probably a good hour and a half maybe even two hour drive for us so they had quite a big sort of draw for, for kind of kids all, all around that, that was into it and uh, um, there was a big event but I think it was like quite sporadic you know it was old school sort of phone numbers and stuff you never really knew where you was going or how long it was going to last or any shit like that um, and it's not like I went a lot I reckon maybe I went to sort of like you know 10 or 15 or something like that over the course of the sort of the years I was at college um but yeah, that saw in in the year, which so musically that was uh, completely different. Yeah. But um, the year two thousand after that, I moved. It was the year that I moved to London from Essex, basically. So and I moved out with my band, as I said, I played in this sort of grunge band. I used to sing in like a high pitch American accent, <laughs> which, considering what I do now, is quite you know drastic change. <laughs> um, but. Uh, and oh, and so the records that I chose. So I looked, yeah. Looked. So what was the single that you chose? Yeah. The single was uh, Clinic, um, who were a band from Liverpool that used to dress up in uh, doctors' outfits. And but the thing is, again, without the internet. So when well, I moved to London, I didn't have any money. 
and uh, what I used to for music I used to go to like music video exchange and just buy CD singles um, you know for 50p or whatever because I like the cut they had massive big sort of bargain buckets and I just dig around and find just find something I like the look of and just listen through it and I've always been one I know what I like with music so I can listen to something straight away I'm not interested or yeah. maybe it's worth another listen and can kind of go through it like that and I found that's how I found Clinic and, uh, and a bunch of other bands there was some other strong contenders certainly a band called Day One who had an album out in 2000 who but with Clinic as with Day One uh, I got bought a single 50p absolutely loved it and knew nothing about this band and, mm. and couldn't there was no way to find any yeah, information it's not just about there. Yeah. No, well, it's like, it's like, and if they weren't big enough to be, they became bigger and they did get, you know, the NME. And it wasn't like I read a lot of music press, but it, it, you wouldn't, so sort of the idea. Again, I'm trying to picture how it did work. You know, did you have to literally buy a magazine and devour it on the hope that one of the bands, these CDs you listened to? But it was like, almost like you didn't care that you didn't know. It was like, bought this for 50p, it's great. If I ever see anything else <laughs> like that, or if they have a gig, I guess I'll go and see that. But apart from that, it was just like, just not bothered or need it, don't no. feel the need to know any more about it than this song and the, the single Distortions was what I bought and you know over the years I, you know, I now know they're a live band I've signed Domino yeah. um, and and that was just kind of it was like it's, it's kind of weird really unpigeonholeable music I felt it was like a, like I said it's definitely the odder side of indie it's got this kind of 60s sort of big but we listen to the I mean it, Distortions is off an album called Internal Wrangler, which we listened to on the drive down here, and it still holds its own today. And the kind of you know the others in the band were like, "This is fucking banging!" Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and I think you could almost put that out today because it's so odd; it makes it timeless. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I I don't think either of us had heard it we before. Listen to it today. Yeah, and I'll definitely listen to the album straight straight away. It was Velvet Underground lyrics. Right, yeah. And Candy Says, which is like one of my favourite songs by Velvet Underground. Right. Which was weird because I messaged you saying, oh, the lyrics in it are Velvet Underground. Yeah. And you were like, he, he was like, I've just written that down in the notes. Like, but I've written it down because at the end. It sounds like Velvet Underground yeah. at the end when it just goes like double time. Right, and all the weird fucking right, yeah. like, bit at the end. And, he, and that's actually, that's quite one of their sort of more chilled out songs, yeah. Distortions as well. The album is almost like, that's sort of same weirdness, but kind of fast as yeah. well. I, I thought did it was very like, like, a few times. Radiohead-ish as well. They, I, I was going to say, I think the biggest thing they did, um, they they supported Radiohead a couple of times. Radiohead yeah. put on a couple of big gigs in, oh God, was it Victoria Park or Hyde Park? And uh, Clinic were yeah. the support man for that. So, yeah, I yeah. can see them going sort of Definitely. hand in hand. So what do you like, what do you associate, do you associate that song with Movers London? Or? Yeah, and with that, you know, Pictures of Fans House that we live in London and that... Um, finding you know gems in music and video exchange bargain buckets basically and just the, the thinking back to it, it was mad to think that i was just happy to not know any, any more information yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. unimaginable now isn't it? Mm, yeah that's that's romantic in a way i guess because you like well i mean these days we're you access to every part of someone's life on instagram yeah or facebook and the minute you like a band you know you won't forget them i mean yeah, and yeah. i'm not things i'm not one to i like sort of like looking back but i'm not one to, i don't want to put the genie back in the bottle or anything yeah. like that or sort of like oh wasn't it great when you knew that <laughs> yeah yeah, band, yeah. So like uh you know and especially from you know making music it's handy when you can just <laughs> get your tour dates out there um but but yeah it, it's, it's hard to pitch in the mindset yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine what it you know what what I was thinking at the time and how, how I wasn't like I need to know more about yeah. it and, you know the same with the uh, um, with the other band Grandad as well 
Yeah. So let's get into, let's so, get into that. Yeah. So Granddaddy spurred some uh, definite stories because again, I looked at the I looked at the year and it was like the software snub come out and uh, and I was like, yeah, I so so years before the way I first heard Granddaddy when I was at college, I did work experience at V2 Records, which was like a when uh, Richard Branson sold Virgin, he then opened like a smaller label um, and he had like stereophonics and stuff like that. Right. And uh, I basically did work experience there because I was trying to infiltrate it for my band, you know, and like just <laughs> get into the A&R, our guy's office. I was like, well, I'll just like get in and do that. And uh, it was wicked. I did two weeks, went and lived with, moved up and lived uh, with my nan in, uh, in East Ham. Um, and got the train across to Holland Park every day for two weeks and worked and you know just did fucking photocopying and yeah. actually did a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> helped the guy in the post uh, that used to do the post uh, like dropping over his mail on the desk and he used to sell weed as well <laughs> actually, he's quite a, and now no, without naming names he's quite a big player in the music business I think these days. <laughs> and, uh, he started off in the mail room dropping off weed on people's desks Amazing. so me and him got on well um, <laughs> and uh and yeah, you know, it was working there. At the end of my uh, two weeks, they gave me this massive stack of CDs. And, it was just like, wow. and part of the subsidiary of V2 was a label called Fat Cat Records. And one of them was Granddaddy's first album, an album called Under the Western Freeway. And uh, it quickly became like my favourite album of all time. It was, whether it is still now, but certainly then. Like, mad. And again, I'd left V2, I knew nothing this band I could tell from their music they, they, they made music that kind of like somehow merged this sort of like future technology and sort of nature almost like and they really they really sort of managed to get the two across this sort of like something yeah. beautiful but something digital as well and there was like again it was indie music but it was there was a lot of samples and keyboards and just kind of fucked up stuff and deep lyrics and they, they all had really big beer. I found this out. Like, again, I knew nothing, didn't know yeah. what it looked like, you know, like, and uh, didn't know where they was from. I guess they was from somewhere kind of deserty <laughs> from the sound, <laughs> and I was kind of right as well. Um, but yeah, so that was that was beforehand, you know. So I had the, the, that first album, and then uh, actually in the year two thousand, when I had moved to London, I used to uh, again no money, so I used to have a trick that I used to pull to get into gigs for free. And I, yeah, I used to do it at the Astoria, which, oh, you know, rest in peace, it was an incredible venue in uh, Charing Cross Road. And it was like, you know, London's our most iconic venue, like sort of 3,000 cap, everybody played there. And uh, a big place. And I used to, uh, I'd get there always at five o'clock. I used to turn up at five o'clock, um, not too dissimilar from what you guys have done today, pen and paper. Yeah. And I'd just get up to the door and I'd just say, I'm here from uh, Viper magazine to interview the band. And it was always the same guy on the door, and he would be like, "Yeah, cool, just go through." And I'd just walk through, and then I'd either just sit in the toilet for two hours, <laughs> or I'd just walk around the venue and just be like, "All right, all right," and just look like I was supposed to be there. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And then no one, no one would question it, and it'd be two hours till doors, and you're just like, just make sure I did something. So I got cocky by the end, and I'd just sit and just walk in and just sit at the table, bring them back in, just wait, wait for doors to open. And it just worked. I, you know, I saw so many bands at the Astoria that way. And then Granddaddy were coming into town, and it was like they were playing at the Dingwalls, which is a lot smaller venue than the Astoria. I didn't have any money, so I was like, well, I'll just try the trick at the Dingwalls. You know, I haven't done it before, but uh, I'll give it a shot. And uh, rocked down there 
five o'clock on the dot. So I walked in, <laughs> looking at your watch. Yeah, through the door, me pen and paper, and I was like, uh, "I'm just here to interview the band." And the girl was like, "All right, cool, Sarah." So it's their press officer. And I was like, oh, "Great!" And this girl, she's like, "You're right." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So here from Viper Magazine to interview the band. And she was like, "Viper Magazine," and they were like, "They're free now. Do you want to just come through?" I was like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just walking through, sat down in the restaurant, and a whole band, like all five of them, just like literally sat down. I was like, "Oh, this is Jay from Viper Magazine." Like, I was like, "Oh, hi guys, how you doing?" Sat down with pen and paper, and was just like, "Fuck." Basically, we've done tonight. And it's like, what, what? And I was like, so you know, I love the band. I could definitely talk talk to the band. So I was like, I'll just go in, and I was like, no. <laughs> Since the first, what have we been up to since the first album? I asked like two questions and I was like pretending to write stuff down. <laughs> you pretending to write? Yeah. I don't know what people do. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck this. I said, look, guys, I'm sorry, I don't work for magazines. <laughs> and I, I, in my head, I thought, this would be cool. I'd just come clean yeah. and it'd be like high five. Oh, awesome. yeah, 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 it'd be fine. Okay, and, I was like, and, then was, and then I was just like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not work for a magazine. I just this is how I get in to gigs. And I was like, why don't you buy a ticket like everyone else? <laughs> and I was like, I haven't got any money. And I was like, oh, that was like, well, that's not really fair on all the people that did buy tickets. And I was like, no, I guess it's not. <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like, well, should I go? <laughs> and I went, well, I don't really want to like chuck you out, but. And I was like, um, and then I was like, actually, I know. And he was like, we, they pulled out this big stack, massive stack of posters that had like the wrong date of their album <laughs> release on it. And I was like, can you like tear the corner? Oh, they basically put this to work. <laughs> I was like, can you tear the corner off of this po these posters and put them up around the venue? And then you Amazing. can stay. And it was like, yeah, of course I fucking can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, and like, they, uh, the, the pile of posters was huge. And I ripped. Every corner, there's never been so many posters up in a fucking video. Like, every single post, all like glittery, garish positions, where, like one on the door, there, one right there. I just coated the whole fucking venue in the, in these posters, and they was like, good work. Like, oh, I might yeah, have yeah, to yeah. take a couple down. Like, uh, and it was safe after that, yeah. It was like, you know, I, was, uh, I, I think it was, I was a little bit upset, it wasn't like, high five, what a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, it, it worked out in the end, and the gig was was phenomenal. And then it was like because of that, I, I went to see him a few times, and I'd always be like, oh, "How's that guy? How are you?" It was a little bit like that. Um, and so yeah, yeah, wicked. You know, good good times basically. And so like, had the software slump come out? That was the, to the the poster that I ripped the corner off. Was the software slump? Right. So yeah, it was it was out of that it was out of that. And uh, so, and that that's not my favourite record of theirs. And in fact, we listened to that on the van on the way down as well. And because it starts off, how's it going, two thousand yeah. man? I was like, it's a good choice for the year two thousand <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, if I would say, you know, if people are listening and they want to get in, stuck into Granddaddy, Under the Western Freeway is a good place to to start. I, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, software song. I've heard about Granddaddy through an ex girlfriend. Right. Uh, who was like into like Dinosaur Junior and Pavement and yeah yeah they kind of come, they're, it turns out they one I did find out about and they're from 
California, but a deserty type. Yeah. So I was kind of right with that. Yeah. But I all had these like massive beards, which doesn't sound strange at all now. But that was like the most bizarre thing in yeah. the year two thousand. Yeah. No one, you know, it was like <laughs> completely undone. Like trucker hat, and they did. They had that kind of like natural and digital kind of montage thing on the, in their look and on stage yeah. as well. They had this way of being very old fashioned and very kind of modern at the same time, very sort of like yeah, sort of computery. Yeah. yeah. It was like Neil Young vocals with Pink Floyd music. Yeah, yeah, digital. Digital bird sing and stuff like that. Yeah, brilliant. Band. And you know, again, they went, they went on, you know, for years. And I'm sure that now, as the, you know, have got a website and, this, you know, <laughs> and, and a Wikipedia page and all, yeah. and all them things. But I think, yeah, when I was thinking back, it was definitely like a, I had the mindset of how it's it's just weird thinking about how anything. Yeah. You know, like even how did people yeah. arrange gigs? You yeah. Know? yeah, like I'm sure it's just a phone call, but you know, like the amount of emails and like information that's passed around. That I'm sure now it's just because you can. You know, yeah. I mean, if you couldn't, it'd be like get verified. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> just get verified. We'll sort it out. You know, like rather than sort of like those attachments, the yeah. text specs, and stuff like. I'm sure, you know, beforehand, like. I mean, could you fax all that stuff? Who would bother? No, it would just yeah. be like, yeah, you'd also you'd never get away with. I don't think you'd ever get away with sneaking in straight to being a journalist anymore either. I don't. You think, not me? Nah, I don't think you would. No, like, I don't think so. They, ba- they barely let us in here every time we come in. They always check. Like even like joiners, they they check. The they're they're smaller like, ones. You want to go bit the bigger. Yeah, well, maybe because it, 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 it might have just been this guy on the door. <laughs> it's story. Like it was just one guy. By the end, we were mates. Yeah, Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was Jay from Vibe Magazine. Yeah, yeah. He interviews everyone. Yeah, very busy. Very busy. No, no. Did it not, mate? No. It's even bad. I'm thinking it would be if questioned, I'd be able to sort of wax more lyrical about it. <laughs> I think when the press officer for Pando came over, I was like, yeah, it's a uh, student magazine message. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a music podcast anymore. This is a Jay's guy on how to blag it. How to blag it into your show. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so the other thing we do is like notable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, to give a uh, sort of reference and context as to what was going on that year as well. Okay. So it's more like, I guess it's like chart stuff. Yeah. But it's because we sort of. Chart stuff, and we're fortunate enough that a Radiohead album came out that year yeah. as well. So we're <laughs> massive good for us. Okay, computer? Yeah. Yeah. No, Kid A. Sorry. Kid A, right. Okay, computer was 97. Okay. So I guess Clinic would have been supporting them. I don't know if it was around that time, but it, may, it might have been. On would have been there. Yeah, 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 would have been. Yeah, when that's that sort of album. Like, yeah, yeah, like drum machine. And yeah, exactly. And yeah, it would have been. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. what we found when we like chat about the stuff that you pick or the mm-hmm. guest picks is we yeah. create a bit of a microclimate of what was going on. Right. So okay. that's why we do like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do like you remember? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Kid A came out that year. Um, Hour of the Build, uh, build, build, build a Beast. Oh, um, yeah, Battle Drum Boy, yeah. yeah which I think, I think that's probably why, if I was going to pick. I remember the story, yeah. that, the story that uh, used to go around about him when it was like how he got signed, was like, which again in the year 2000 that was like build and end all for musicians, which you know now is very different, but it was yeah. all like, oh, how did you get signed? You know, yeah. like getting signed, it was all about that. But um, 
the, the rumor had it that Bernard Drum Boy, the night that he was like, when everyone was everyone was going to come down to his gig, to all the record labels were going to come and someone was going to sign it. He was really nervous, so he, he didn't he didn't go. He just recorded himself at home with a video <laughs> camera and then put like a two of VHS and a little TV and everybody just watched it. So he was like, he is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign him and he didn't have to bother going. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's pretty, he, I love Ballad Draw Boy and I loved his, throughout the years, just his kind of, um, just the games he used to play, man. I, I saw him at a festival and he walked out of a soup soaker and just like just coated the first <laughs> front row just like the whole band like six super soaks just like <laughs> and just like get every band away it's like I just start a festival like that amazing love it yeah he used to saw him at Brixton Academy actually um, Ballad Draw Boy and the whole band stopped for a cigarette break he played, played like two hours no support just like <laughs> we'll push play for, uh, ten minutes after doors we'll play until we kicked up and then it was just like Halfway through a song, I was like, right, let's go have a quick fag break. Everybody sat on their apps and stuff. Sat <laughs> bags, waiting. He was like, Imagine. Cool, alright, and then crack back on with the rest of the song. Brilliant. Brilliant. Imagine that now. Um, what else going on? You're the tango, then nothing turned itself inside out, which is again in that same ilk of like the sort of garage rockers of the 90s. I know the name, but I don't really know the band. And they're sort of like a pavement y style, yeah. Weezer style band. Who was um, in like the pop charts? So yeah, yeah, that's interesting actually. Yeah. So, so the singles were like mainly Girl and Boy Band. Spears? Yeah. Spice Girls, Destiny's Child, Child okay. Steps, Westlife, Blink 182. Okay. All the small things came out. But it was predominant, like UK number ones were basically just Roland Keating. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah Spice Girls. Girl group, boy group. Yeah, it was the 90s. Well, it wasn't the 90s. Well, it was the year 2000. It was the 90s. It was the end. The, yeah, the remnants. Was, yeah. You can still yeah. smell the 90s. Just watching it. Yeah. Watching it die yeah. out. <laughs> um, nice. Nice one, yeah. So that's kind of like where we sort of put an end to it I guess social media that's the thing that people do on podcasts do you want to how can people Google Beans on Toast yeah you find it yeah it took me a long time for Beans on Toast to get above all of the pictures of Beans on Toast and food so I'm easy enough to find these days yeah nice well thanks for that I really enjoyed strolling down memory lane yeah good fun nice cool